Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we will be exploring psychic transference. With me is Mona Delfino, who is a healer from Eugene, Oregon, a former nurse and a former licensed massage therapist. She is also the author of The Sacred Language of the Human Body. Welcome, Mona. Thank you, Jeff. It's so nice to be here. It's a pleasure to be with you. In reading your book, I noticed you started off right away with a story involving a very profound psychic transference that had a deep impact on your work as a healer. And I, I think that's a good place to, to start because there, uh, I think our readers, our viewers, mm-hmm. your readers and our viewers will find a lot of meaning, uh, in, in the concept of psychic transference. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. I really appreciate you doing this topic, too, because I think the more people that understand transference, the more we're going to understand what happens in the process of our emotions. Mm -hmm. They're not always ours, but we don't always know that. So how do we do this? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the story first. Mm -hmm. The story actually involves um, my very first client. And I've been asked, I worked as a massage therapist for 30 years, and that was right after nursing. So the minute I go into this little clinic where I'm working, it's only 200 square feet. This woman comes in from the diet center and was very unhappy. And she had been quite, quite heavy. Mm-hmm. And so as I was working on her, I started realizing that I was picking up on stuff that was not mine. I could feel her energy. I could feel her talking about her her, uh, her brother and how he got all the good stuff from the family. And she was unhappy. But obviously what was happening to me was I was absorbing it. And so, you know, this energy transference, psychic transference, if you call it that, it's really interesting. It's an it's an exchange Mm-hmm. of energy. And of course, a lot of that is emotional. We mm-hmm. don't always know that, but it is. And so the interesting part was for me, I was able to work with her and I got this information that, ah, oh my gosh, I started feeling funny. I didn't feel right. Um, it was more than just the emotional. It started to affect me physically. Mm-hmm. By the end of that session, I went home and I thought, I thought we were going to have to call the men in the white coats. Because I was not normal. I had, this is my very first client as a licensed massage therapist. I decided to sit underneath my table in the kitchen and rock because I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And it felt crazy. And so my husband, at the time he turns around, he says, what am I going to do with you? What, what's going on? I don't know. Leave me alone. I was very much emotional about it. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't know how to answer him. And then I said, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to go to my room. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I was mean. I just, Mm -hmm. but that was her energy. So she was actually mean down deep inside because she was unhappy. But when she wanted to lose weight, she was willing to express herself to me because she felt she could talk to me. Well, absorbing that mm-hmm. was very difficult. And I didn't realize to what degree, but that is what happened. And then the very... At the time, though, when you were under the table rocking, did, yes. did you realize that this was her energy? No. 
I did not realize mm-hmm. that. Good question. I didn't know. As a matter of fact, I wanted to throw up. Mm-hmm. I was trying to hold back throwing up. It just didn't feel right. Something mm-hmm. was really off. And then I thought, well, I'll just go to bed. I'll get out of here. I'll go to bed and I won't bother anybody. Yeah. And then I, and then that's isolation. That's solitude. And, you know, leave me alone kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And so when I got in bed, I just fell asleep. The next morning I woke up and there was none of that, not even a little bit. I woke up just feeling great. I'm ready to go to work again. And he, my, my husband at the time was like, what the, <laughs> who are you? I don't know. I'm ready to work. Yeah. So it, it, so that is the story you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's, there's a big, Many. well, there's more to the story yet yeah. because you had a second session. Yes. Fact, more yes. than two as yes. I yes. recall. But when yes. she came back, you were, uh, scared shitless. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very, very scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. I thought, oh no. I, I wonder if there's a way I can get her off the book. Because <laughs> by that time, you had figured out that this experience, this, this very difficult purging experience you had yeah. was related to her energy. Yes. Yeah, totally. It was very untypical of, uh, yes. for you. Yes. I wasn't prepared for that. I had no idea. And then I turned around and found out that when she came back, there was no stopping it. It was going to happen. She came back in, and I took one look at her. And she had lost maybe five to seven pounds in one week. She had her hair done. She had a beautiful red dress on with red pumps. She looked hot. And she walked in, and the first thing out of her mouth, and I, I was like, wow. And the first thing out of her mouth was, I don't know what you did, but Mona, I feel better than I've ever felt. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep seeing you. And so because she said that, it was easier for me then to say, Wow, this wasn't something I prepared for. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I initiated, nor did I understand it. And so I had to learn, as I call it, the hard way. Mm-hmm. I had to learn through the experience that transference is going to happen, especially anybody that's in the healthcare field that knows that when they leave there and they don't feel good, mm-hmm. that's the energy of the hospital, or that's the energy of somebody they ran into that day. But it doesn't just happen for healthcare workers. It happens for the, the 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 basic Joe Blow anybody that's mm-hmm. in the streets we all get it. It's particularly uh, part of the lore of people who are healers. I hear yes. fe- healers talking all the time uh-huh. about how they have to ground themselves, how they have to cleanse themselves, how uh-huh. they have to process or work with this energy when uh-huh. it happens. And some healers have told me, "Well, I just get a cold. They uh-huh. lose their cold, and I get it, and uh-huh. then I I uh-huh. can deal with it." That mm-hmm. way. That is or, transference. Or even karma. I have heard healers mm-hmm. say, I take on their karma. Yes. And, uh, so how did you learn to process this? It took years. It, it literally took years for me to get as good as I am today because I pretty much have mastered it. I know who's who and what's what. And I also know uh, what places to stay out of and what places to go into, things like that. Something that's harmful I can detect already. It's 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 something that you evolve with mm-hmm. if you're still in it. I mean, there are people that have actually quit doing healthcare work yeah. because they can't handle it. You know, they may be too empathetic or too compassionate and they can't handle it, you know, or their blood pressure goes up if somebody else's goes up. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. It's not hard to take on a transference effect. The difference is... When you start to understand how much you've done it and you realize after a while, I got, I got a quickie story for you. Mm-hmm. 
When I was nursing, a man came in and I did his blood pressure and I thought, okay, I was working at a general practice, you know, office and I um, did his blood pressure, did his vitals. Turned out that I walked out of there not thinking anything of it, went back to my work in the desk. About 10 minutes later, the doctor looks at me, my doctor, he looks at me and the one I worked with and he looks and he goes, Mona, what the heck happened to you? And I said, what are you talking about? I feel fine. What's that? What? He goes, go look in the mirror. Come with me. Come here. He shows me the mirror. I was completely jaundiced. My eyes were yellow. My skin was yellow. I had yellow in my neck. Everything was yellow. Mm-hmm. And the, 10 minutes after I got out of that room and the man wasn't jaundiced. He wasn't jaundiced at all. So what happened? Well, it turned out that when they started running the blood tests on him, he had hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. And so then I ended up getting the the effects of that hepatitis C because I am sensitive, but I got I got the effects of it, but I didn't get the the hepatitis C. I see. See, just the symptoms. Just the symptoms. <laughs> and so they sent me home. They mm-hmm. said I can't be there. They thought there was something wrong with me. They had taken a urine sample and they did a blood test. And when they did the urine sample, I had Coca Cola urine. And then the the blood test they went and looked at, and they said it was perfectly fine. The liver was fine. There was no problems in my cell count. Everything was great. And so I got to go home for three days and play with my kids. I had no problem when I got home. Well, you describe yourself as a sensitive. And as a matter of fact, you've described yourself as a shaman from birth. Yeah. So uh, would you say that people who are open psychically are more susceptible to this kind of unwelcome transference? Yeah, I would. I would. And uh, but I also know that there are a lot of people that call themselves empathic mm-hmm. and they're very you know, strong empaths. Yeah. Well, that's just a different level of being sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think more people are sensitive than they know. Many, many people, even those that seem very, very hard, down deep inside, they're just protecting themselves. Underneath it, they're very sensitive. Mm-hmm. They got good hearts. Most people have really good hearts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a matter of understanding that if you're really going to be compassionate, don't just look at the surface. You look at the depth. And the depth is what teaches you. And so after all these years, I can work on anybody now. And it's not even, it doesn't even phase me. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference? I know it, you spent years learning it, but mm-hmm. uh, for people who are viewing, I, I imagine many of our viewers mm-hmm. are aware that this is an issue for them. Mm-hmm. So how do they begin to mm-hmm. uh, address the uh, issue? The, the issue itself. The first thing is, it's it's like AA. You have to know that it's there. You mm-hmm. have to know there's a problem. You have to know you're feeling something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the minute you understand that, then it's time to start recognizing it. I believe that everything is about recognition, recognition onto itself, because everything is biofeedback. If you really stop and think about the science of life, everything is biofeedback. So what happens is we're learning as a human to understand what that means. And so as we live our lives and we think we're living so simply or we think that, you know, yeah, we're busy. But what does that mean? That means that you're also in the field of an environment. And your environment is is coming at you. Mm-hmm. Whether you know it or not, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is instead of being afraid of it, instead of being scared of it, instead of thinking that you need protection from the EMFs, instead of thinking you need help from chemtrails or anybody that's out there that's negative, I can tell you that you can, you, transference also means that you can transcend. Mm-hmm. You can transcend all of this. It's only a lesson. All we're doing is really learning about a connection. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it it, see, it seems to me that we're all on this planet together. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, we're all sort of swimming in planetary karma, or, or maybe a better way to put it is human mm-hmm. karma. Mm-hmm. The, the human nature is yes. all around us. Every type of person yep. uh, is, is around us. And I, it strikes me that this kind of transference occurs all the time, mm-hmm. every day, with mm-hmm. every social interaction, mm-hmm. with every type of person. Yes, that's what our hearts are about. Mm-hmm. Our hearts are about transference. We're about unity. And that's what we're learning. We're coming into a time of unity and, and coming together. And that's why when people work together and we have teams that work together, we understand each other and we're more powerful when we do it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do it alone. Well, I remember a uh, funny comedy routine by George Carlin. <laughs> Actually, it was more than funny. It was very serious because he began listing all the negative qualities that exist in the human community. Mm -hmm. You you have murder, you have rape, you have necrophilia, you have uh, super morbid obesity, you've got uh, an enormous range of mental illnesses, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and so on. That's all part of uh, what it means to be human. (laughs) uh, And and so it touches everybody one way or another. Yeah, there was an old Buddha saying that, you know, we are all part of each other. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, it's almost like we all, we all kind of know things. That's why when we study judgment, mm-hmm. it's a big deal because judgment is what stops us from becoming who we are. It's the first thing. Explain that. When we judge, especially when we judge ourselves, mm-hmm. it's very hard. This is how we get sick. Yeah. It's a lot of it is because the judgment is something that we have put into place as a blockage. Mm-hmm. We forget that there's so much more to a story. But what we've done is we put ourselves in this position of blocking ourselves through a judgment. And that judgment is going to cause us pain. Somewhere along the way, it's going to cause either emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual pain, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. And this is how illness begins. It begins with judgment. And so that is what I, I try to teach is that when we learn that everybody's different, you're a part of that person. You're a part of that person. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm not a part of that president? What are you talking about? Oh, but we are. There's a part of us that down deep inside, we've been there. We've done that. Mm-hmm. We understand it. We haven't, this isn't the first rodeo. We've lived several lifetimes. And so we come back, as you mentioned the karma, we come back to learn more. We, I know all my work, Jeff, I tell you, the people that I work on, when I read them from the beginning and I go to the heart, mm-hmm. and when I read these people, they had an agenda. They came back here for a reason, mm-hmm. if not 25. Yeah. You know, but all of those reasons, you always have a backup plan. If this doesn't work, you can do that. But the truth is, what stops us from learning more because we're here to learn. We wouldn't be here if we weren't learning. And so it's important for us to understand that once we learn our lessons, then we become whole. We start becoming more whole. And that's part of what we're doing in this transference effect is we're learning from other people. Uh, Well, the social pressures to 
create judgments and and to stick to them are pretty strong. I mean, you get it from religion, you get it from uh, the legal system and yeah. society. Yeah. Uh, you get it in school. Yeah. People are judging you all the time, mm-hmm. and we're judging others all the time. Mm-hmm. And particularly when it has to do with, I mean, there are certain habits mm-hmm. that people have that are known universally to be bad habits. Yeah. So we judge bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're suggesting, let's suppose, for example, I encounter an addict. Mm-hmm. Now I'm beginning to feel some of that addict mm-hmm. energy in mm-hmm. myself. Well, the, mm-hmm. I might naturally want to judge it, to, mm-hmm. to judge, to judge mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in facts mm-hmm. versus judgment. Uh-huh. I learned that many, many years ago. The facts are, yes, this is real. We can't deny things. That's not what this is about. It's yeah. about learning. It's about looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's about confronting. Confrontation is the biggest form of communication within you. Mm. Any kind of confrontation is really good for the soul because you get a chance to really start feeling more of who you really are. Mm-hmm. If you don't confront things, then you don't know yourself that well. So when you have an encounter with somebody who's an addict, you're going to learn from that person that this is how they do things. Well, would that be the way I do things? Of course not. I'm not going to do things like that. Well, have you? Have you at some point in time done something that you felt bad about? Have you done something where you maybe took a little too much of that beer? You know, I mean, things like that. You, mm-hmm. you start thinking when you stop judging it, And you start realizing that people are people. We all have something. Years and years ago, I joined a group called the Jesuit Volunteer Corps when I was young, Mm -hmm. 18, 19 years old. The Jesuit Volunteer. Jesuit Volunteer Corps, many years Mm -hmm. ago. And the priest, we were in San Francisco, and the priest took me upstairs because my father worked for this priest. He was doing the data processing for the church. And so I... My ears rang when he came home and he talked about the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. I said, I got to know what that is. So I ended up getting up and I went over and he said, go talk to the priest. I can't tell you what this is about. So I did. When I sat down with him, he was so kind. He sat down and he put his hands over into me and he says, Mona, come with me to the window. Let's go look outside here on the street. So we're on a two-story floor. We look down and he's showing me these people walking down here and he says... Every one of those people has an issue. There's not one walking down there that doesn't have some kind of a problem. He said, in what we do, we try to help people, and we want to help them to heal, but we have to heal ourselves. So he told me that when I was 18, Mm -hmm. and he said back in the day, when you join the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, this is our mission. This is what we're doing. And so at that point, that's when I started realizing he was right. Every single person that you meet has something going on. How dare we judge that? This is something that they need to learn, that they have to be responsible for. Sooner or later, it's up to them to make those choices. Mm -hmm. And who are we to come in and say they should and they shouldn't? It's really not our place. We have to learn from each other. And that's how this unity is going to become more effective. And we're going to evolve. Mm. Our humanity is in chaos right now so that we can evolve. If we didn't have chaos we would still be stuck in the same place as we were with education, with the government, with the ways that we see things mm-hmm. in our own process. Yeah. But the chaos is good because it's opening doors that we had no idea was going to take us in diff- different levels. Mm. So. so learning when you, I guess the first step is to be aware that you're experiencing something that's not 
characteristic of, of your normal uh, mm-hmm. range of emotions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and physical symptoms. Right. That, that, that's the first clue that it's coming yes. from someone else. Yes. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Then the second step, one might say, if we had steps, is is even if you're feeling terrible and you're rocking on the floor under the kitchen table, <laughs> not not to judge it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was feel, feel, feel. I'm a feeler healer. They call me a feeler healer mm-hmm. because I feel everything. Mm-hmm. And so if I can feel what that person was going through, but yet my body was responding to her way of thinking, mm-hmm. I was lost. I was completely thrown out, yeah. thrown under the table, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how it worked. And then, yeah. but I, I thought the better thing to do is listen to what this is going on here. And this is an extreme. Many people don't go through these kinds of things, but yeah. it's, you know. Well, it's occurred to me quite a bit as a parapsychologist that one of the reasons uh, more people aren't more psychic in our mm-hmm. culture is because. We don't want to experience the pain of the world. We don't want to uh, have to experience other people's suffering. So we numb ourselves. Right, right. That's what's happening with the opioid uh, process right now in our world. We've got so many people numbing themselves. They don't even know how to feel. Mm -hmm. And so we are at a point in time where change is going to be. This is revolution time. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn it so that we can understand it. That's why I feel like this interview, many, many other people talking about this, it's very important, very important. People are looking for help. They don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, okay, so we've talked about identifying that you're experiencing somebody else's stuff. Yeah. Not judging it. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling there must be more. I mean, you want to yeah. you want to process it somehow. You don't want yeah. it to stay in your body. Yeah. Back in the day, I was lost in it. I had no idea. It wouldn't happen to me today. I've worked on so many different kinds of illnesses from head to toe, and it doesn't bother me a bit. Mm-hmm. It won't bother me because I don't let it. Number one, and the re- the reason why is because I learn from it. If I can learn what's happening for somebody without having to take four years of education in a school mm-hmm. out of a book, mm-hmm. then I'm learning from these people what they're thinking. Yeah. I'm learning how they're feeling. And so for me, it's important to learn that, but also to stay recognizing myself in mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I did for 30 years? I took a hot apple cider vinegar bath every night. Mm. While I worked, I know apple cider vinegar draws out energy. Mm. And so what I did was I would take a hot bath every single night, and that was my way of coming back to me. Uh huh. But now Sorry. you no longer do that. No, I don't have to. I have heard people say, for example, I become like a duck and how water rolls off the back of a mm-hmm. duck. It never gets under my skin. Yeah. 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 You get to the point where you recognize it's, it's all recognition, mm-hmm. but you also remember that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of empaths complaining. They complain a lot about not having this or not having that yeah. or too much of this and too much of that. Well, then why are you letting yourself be bothered by it? What you might learn is to recognize that down deep inside, yes, this is happening, but you don't have to, as we used to call it in the Cherokee, you don't have to buy into it. You don't have to buy it. 
Uh-huh. You know, it's there. It's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be there. But you don't have to buy it as yours. Now, you mentioned Cherokee. And I know you studied for yes. 12 years, I believe, with a, ch- yes. a native uh, Cherokee healer. Yeah, she was my mentor, Karen mm-hmm. Land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was double Cherokee, meaning that in the Cherokee tribe, she was known as double eagle. Mm-hmm. And I was eagle. Oh. So so she taught me a lot. And, you know, I mean, just how you meet people. And, I, and I, I trust that adventure. I trust meeting people. And I met Karen through a class. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I was going to meet somebody like that. But when I found her power to be incredibly wise, and I said, I want to learn from you. I There's stuff I want to know. Mm-hmm. And so she opened her arms and let me in. And I was one of her favorite students because I provided what she was teaching. And I listened. I mm-hmm. listened. That doesn't mean I didn't argue. That doesn't mean I didn't sit in the hot seat, because I did. But I learned about sitting in the hot seat, too. Mm. And, you know, but I understood. And I learned this stuff back in the 80s. Now everybody's learning it today a little bit differently about how to change, to shift, to grow, to move, mm-hmm. to evolve. I learned it in the 80s that mm. I was, you know, it was a it was a Cherokee mentor. She wasn't an easy mentor. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-huh. But then again, I have a part of me as Cherokee. And so I had to live what I knew to be true in my blood. Mm-hmm. And that's what she taught me. I see. So, yeah. I see. Well, um, to shift topic slightly, that's a very interesting story. And I know you draw a lot upon indigenous uh, traditions in, uh-huh. in your work. Uh, and I guess there's something significant about these indigenous traditions. Yes, very much so. Um, let me see if I can articulate it from my perspective and you could reflect on that because, you know, I, this program is typically about intellect. Yeah. Thinking, new thinking aloud. And, and yet I'm under the impression that a lot of the healing work that you're engaged in has nothing to do with intellect. It's at a different level completely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. There is a lot to it. It's like flipping a switch. Mm-hmm. And you flip that switch. It's like meditation. You know, I mean, what do we do in meditation? You sit back and you listen. You don't talk. You don't speak. You don't always go out here and get rambunctious out here. You have to pay attention. And really, that's what this is about. But the heart is so much part of the mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and as a parapsychologist, we know that the mind is the full meal deal. The brain is just a snack. And so when you really start learning more about the mind, you've got so much more to encompass. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about. It comes into so many different levels of energy. Yeah. So you learn. So, I, I mean, there are many people probably like myself who are, <laughs> we've got a PhD and we're, it spend a lot of time in our head. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it strikes me that, uh, well, Eben Alexander, the, yeah, was here recently and he made a point to saying, you know, you have that little voice in your head. That's just a tiny part of your yes. brain. Yes. Yes. That's a tiny part of the brain. I love him. Mm-hmm. I think what he has come back to say as a cardiologist is fantastic. Yeah, neurologist. Oh, neurologist. Yeah. I thought he did some, some heart work. Well, actually, brain surgeon, to be precise. Oh, brain surgeon. 
Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow, what a guy. Yeah. But still, his experience was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and when you, you know, it's interesting. I've had three near-death experiences as well. Mm-hmm. I always feel that if you're going to be in the ceiling field, you're going to learn it all. Mm-hmm. You're going to die. You're going to have points in time where you go down to the ground. You're going to learn everything. If you stick with this, you are going to learn everything to become a better healer. You know? And Well, not only that, in my opinion... Mm-hmm. If you're on a spiritual path of any sort, you discover that healing is is just part of being on that path. Anybody on a spiritual path who thinks they're not a healer Uh is probably a bit mistaken. Yes, yes. And that includes... That includes people who are working in the mental mind, mm-hmm. mental, physical, emotions, spiritual. Yeah. It's all part of one body. Mm-hmm. And so we just focus on that a little bit more. And so, you know, for me, I understand the, the physical body. I know why we get sick. I, I've, I've tried to teach that for years is yeah. why we get sick. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, we're going to do another do interview that, just yes, on that. We're going to do one just, and that's, we need one on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this whole thing, with transference, I think to, to lead people, um, aware is to recognize that it's not always you that's having the problem. Be aware of your thoughts. If you go to bed some night and you go, why am I thinking these horrible things or why? You must remember that it's not always you. Where were you that day? Where did mm-hmm. you go? Who were you around? What did you read? It's that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Clear yourself. Clear yourself on some level, whether that means like at night before you go to bed, do what I did, take a nice hot bath and relax, mm-hmm. yep. you know, or find a way. Maybe maybe start looking at a book before you go to bed at night and read. People love to read, mm-hmm. and that really takes you out of that. But the energy is always going to keep coming and going. We have this going on. It's like a torus in our body. Mm-hmm. Things come in, we're trans transmuters, we're, we're receivers, we give and receive all the time. That's our yes. left side's the receiving and our right is the giver. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly giving and receiving. But your choice matters more than anything else. What do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, when we talk about psychic transference, as you point out, we're sending as well as receiving. Exactly. So we want to uh, be responsible for the thoughts that really are mm-hmm. our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. 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 It's very important because when you walk through a grocery store, there could be a woman on the other side of that aisle that has a migraine headache or mm-hmm. suffers from migraines. Yep. You're walking down the aisle and your head starts to hurt. And then you walk down the other aisle and your head's still hurting. What's your first thought? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Do I need to go to a doctor? Maybe I have a brain tumor. You know, these are the thoughts that people come into play with. And a lot of times it's not that at all. It's not, it's not you. A lot of times it's other people's energies, but you just have a crack in the universe there that you're able to receive whatever it is because you have to have some kind of, um, it's, it's a resonant frequency. Mm-hmm. You have to have a resonance that is the same as somebody else mm-hmm. in order to receive what they are mm-hmm. um, having. And so, in other words, I caught a cold. 
Did I catch that cold? Did I really catch it from somebody else? No, that other person could have been a conduit to teach me that I was a little confused about something. So what was I confused about? So now I have to take responsibility for, hmm, let me think about that a minute. Oh, yeah, I decided to date, and I really didn't want to, but I did for my children. So I did that, and I met a couple people that I really didn't like that much. It's that kind of thing. You you realize that what you've done is you've you've created some kind of a, a confusion. Mm-hmm. in there. And that's what causes a cold. It's not just a virus. It's a re- mm-hmm. resilience. There's something going on here that comes together inside of you. And that resonant frequency is going to yeah. be attaching. So, in other words, if you're picking up on something, yes, uh, there's, it, a there's a reason. There's a reason. We don't pick up on everybody. No. No, all the time. No, but it is, as Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about, he's just one of my favorite people because he discusses the same things I do, but he does it through science. Mm-hmm. And he does say that it's your environment. It's in your environment. He's done Petri dishes. And he says, if you get three cancer cells in a Petri dish and you've got one clean cell over here, what's going to be the environment? So then this is eventually going to become a cancerous cell. Mm -hmm. If you have clean cells here and you've got three and you've got one cancerous cell in the Petri dish, this is eventually going to get clean. Mm. So how do you stay clean with your cells? How do you understand how to stay clean with your cell? You have to learn that sometimes it's the environment that that catches up with us. Mm -hmm. And that means the family members you live with. That means the people that are involved in your household, not just what's going on out here in the you know, garden, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much more, mm-hmm. but that's what it is. So it's, it's learning from your parents. Most people learn from their parents that, you know, this is how they thought, this is how they felt. And I had a lot of clients who became very rebellious to their parents down the road. When they turned the same age, their parents were, they start becoming like them. Yeah. It's the environment mm-hmm. and you can't deny it forever. You have to consciously become Someone who can shift those concepts within you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm not a Christian, but I'm very fond of Jesus's saying, uh, resist not evil. Yeah. You know, when somebody slaps you on the face, turn the other cheek. Yeah. He seems to be suggesting that when we resist uh-huh. something we regard as evil, we become like it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that's right. And the other thing is, what, the other thing he said is, when two or more are gathered, so there shall I be. Mm-hmm. What that tells me in our world, when two or more are gathered, means connection, connection, connection. We're always learning how to understand better connections. The more personal you are, the more you learn. Yes, there are people that give their heart too much. They, they love everybody mm-hmm. to the point where they don't realize that they don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. And this is what is so important. Psychology is one of the most amazing, intriguing kind of things because it teaches you the common denominator of the human mind. What is it that attracts people to different philosophies? Yeah. What, what does it do? And so we have choices. We can make choices. When we become personal with each other mm-hmm. and we start talking to each other, why do we keep a guard up? If we keep our guard up, why do we do that? That's because we don't want to hurt or we want to look good. We want to be able to look good. We, you know, we want to come across as important. We don't want to look stupid. We have all these things that happens to people. It's self judgment Mm -hmm. and that becomes the blockage. So when we lose that judgment and you can be yourself, it takes time, you know, love yourself. How easy is that? 
not. <laughs> so that's really well. It going. should be easy. It, it, well, it's one of the easiest things in the world to do, and it's one of the hardest things yeah. in the world to do. I, I, my sense is that people who have uh, been traumatized mm-hmm. for one reason or another, often in early childhood, have a harder time of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't get taught, and mm-hmm. they don't get encouraged. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah, if young children who grow up uh, in a loving environment, mm-hmm. I was fortunate in in that regard. I never doubted for one second that I was loved by my parents. For mm-hmm. e- example, I think it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. That's to, right. To love yourself. Yeah, it does. When you have a good environment, then you know that, you know, you're moving along because you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And many people don't. Yeah. They don't. Mm-hmm. And they have to deal. But that's part of the lesson they chose. Mm-hmm. They came back to that family in order to learn these lessons, to be able to identify who you really are. Where's your strength? Mm-hmm. You know, is it always going to be easy? No, there's always challenges. Challenges are really blessings in disguise. So the more we learn that, mm-hmm. the more you stop judging the challenge and start feeling better about yourself. The tricky thing here is, that I perceive is this, that uh, we want to be able to distinguish our own stuff from something else that came from another person that's being transferred to us. And yet, it wouldn't have been transferred to us if we weren't susceptible to it in the first place, exactly. that's which that means that it, there's an overlap. Yes, So it's not always easy to separate out what is mine from what is yours. Right, right. But that's where you become more conscious of what you don't like. Mm -hmm. When you become conscious of what doesn't fit, what doesn't feel good, stop complaining. Mm -hmm. What we do is we've got to learn how to identify it and then recognize, again, recognition, Mm -hmm. and then we can change it. But that's Mm -hmm. when you turn the other cheek because you can realize that that is not what Mm -hmm. you want. You know, when I think of transference, and I think about it a lot, actually, psychic transference, I, I think of it in terms of what we're doing here on the New Thinking Loud video channel, because I'm endeavoring, actually, to transfer the the wisdom, the consciousness of myself and all of the guests to the thousands of people who view these videos. Yes, yes. fantastic. And that's what needs to be done, I feel. We're and doing I hope a good it's job. always positive. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose the fact of the matter is that anything that's in my subconscious or in your subconscious yeah. uh, can be transferred via the vehicle of a yes. video like Yes, this. actually, that's what people see you as. When, when someone first looks at you, the first thing they see is what is there. They can detect the subconscious before they can detect who you are consciously. They might call it judgment. Some people just can feel they feel and they know they well, you know, instantly, well, maybe I don't really want to meet that person or maybe I, you know, want to walk this way instead of that way kind of thing. But you don't know anybody. You can see maybe this person's having that problem that day or maybe someone's, you know, irritated. But down deep inside, they're very kind. You just say hi to somebody and they'll just be so happy you did. You never know. You never know. But I guess sometimes it happens in just an instant as as well. It, it's quantum physics. Mm-hmm. It's literally quantum physics. There's no time. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's something to contemplate. <laughs> <laughs> Another topic. We, yes. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours about no time. <laughs> so where were we? <laughs>
Well, Mona Delfino, this has been a delight. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And also, I, I can't help but feel that it's going to be very useful for our viewers to have Thank a better you. grasp of, of this process that's going on all the time anyway. Oh, Jeffrey, this is the time. This is the time, I feel, more chosen than not, because we have so much going on in our world and the downloads that are going on for everybody. Everyone's changing. Everybody is changing to some degree. So let's just say here's to changing. And yes, let's make this fun. Mm. Let's do well. Thank you so much for having me on your program. This is so inspiring. And I love your work. I love what you've done. And I appreciate being here. Well, thank you, Mona. It's been a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to doing a few more interviews with you while you're here as well. Me too. (laughs) Thank you for being with me. And thank you for being with us.